you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. How are you all doing? How are you all doing? It's not always that you see me here, is that right? Am I scaring you? Am I staring at you? You're excited? Wow. I am not. <laughs> I'm not excited today. Um, simply because I just feel very overwhelmed and I feel very... It's, it's, this, this is not something that happens all the time, but I just feel very unworthy. And um, I, I know that when God has to transfer something to you, He makes me feel it. And um, I feel very shaken today. I feel very uh, overwhelmed. And I, you know, if I break out into tears, don't mind me, I, I might. But I know that it is one of you who wants to break into tears today. And uh, I just want to tell you that um, the comfort of God is here. The, the pacification, you know, when a small baby cries, the mother, it, the mother tries to do everything to pacify the baby, to make the baby stop crying. And I want to tell you that though God is referred to as a he in the Bible, uh, let me make it very controversial. God is, does not have a gender, okay? It's not a male God. Um, God is as much a mother as much as he's a father. God's, the scriptures that say that he holds you to his bosom. To his bosom, okay? He loves you like your mother may not have loved you. And so I want to tell you that the comfort of God is here. Those who are looking for comfort in this, in, in God, I want to tell you, to, do not rely on a source outside. Do not rely on your own strength today. But let God comfort you. God is very present. He is right here. He is next to you. And He understands each and every, every emotion that you go through. One thing I want to emphasize uh, that God taught me when I was growing up was um, the concept called the gift of tears. Yeah? Guys, gift of tears. Okay? Now, I just want to share a small portion of my life. I want to tell you that, you know, we all have our fair share of, um, you know, heartbreaks and we all have a fair share of um, hard stories where we've come from, where God has been faithful and he's brought us there. So I was in this one phase of life, okay, where it was so painful and I was so abandoned that I decided I will not be a crybaby. I just decided I will not cry anymore. Enough. Okay? Girls keep crying for everything, right? For everything, they shed a tear. 
men are so bothered like they're so bugged with the whole thing and no more okay i said i am going to be a very macho person i will not cry i will not shed a tear okay and this happened in my teenage and it so happened that i just stopped crying so even when i was in a funeral like i've attended a few funerals and even in funerals i would be the only one people will be you know hugging and and uh, sobbing their hearts out and you know my clothes will be getting wet because i was the only one out there to console them they're all crying i wasn't and i thought it was bravado i thought it was something that i could be proud about till i met god and till god told me you lost something that i gave you and that was tears because i cannot work with a hard heart you know we all go through that process and when something gets too bothering it when something gets too troublesome we try to ignore it we try to pretend like we don't care about it and that it doesn't affect us so that we might become uh, we might try to overcome it right yes Church, am I talking to a set of perfect people who've been there, done that, achieved everything in life, and am I, am I the only fool who's talking here, or am I talking to someone who's gone through something like this? Thank you, Jesus. We try to hold back hurt so that it doesn't have power over us, and in the process, we try to act strong and we try to hold back our tears. Can I tell you something? God has given you the gift of tears. And when Okay. So when God told me this, I was again at a funeral and this was of someone I did not even know about. It was a it was a friend's mother. I have never met the mother um and I have I, friend he was a friend he was a very close friend but i was at this funeral and you wouldn't believe it 3 days i cried 3 days and i realized how how much god is close to the broken hearted can you come here i know thank you so much for volunteering <laughs> so when when you are this okay and you are not crying there is a wall around you and god cannot cannot come in hold it hard okay there is a wall around you and even if god wants to come when your heart is hard heart is hard they are listening i know i have to be careful today <laughs> when your heart is hard god is trying to push and he cannot he cannot have access but when you let him he is so close he the song says he's closer than my skin thank you anna so today i want to tell you that if you felt like shedding a tear in the presence of god do not hold back it's just a sign that you are alive and you're not dead So Lord I just want to thank you for the word that you have you have brought here to your people Lord they are hungry and and they are so desperate Lord and I pray that you would reward them according to their desperation Father God
Lord, I pray that if there is anything that is holding them back from being real to you, I pray that you would break that wall, Lord. Break that bondage. Break that chain, Father. Invade this house. Invade this room, Father God. Invade their hearts, Lord. Like a, like a flood, Lord. Let your river be like a flood, Lord. Wash out everything that is not required. And I pray that you would do a new thing today. Because miracles happen when you move. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we quickly go to the scriptures? We are reading from Jeremiah chapter 24. And the whole verse, okay? I'll quickly read it for you from the, from the New Living Translation. It says... After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon exiled Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with the officials of Judah and all the craftsmen and artisans, the Lord gave me this vision. I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. I saw? I saw? Two baskets of figs placed in the front of the Lord's temple. One basket was filled with fresh, ripe figs, while the other was filled with bad figs that were too rotten to eat. Then the Lord said to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, figs, some very good and some, some very bad, too rotten to eat. Then the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah to the land of Babylonians. The good fig represents the exiles I sent from Judah to Babylon. I will watch over and care for them. I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me wholeheartedly. But the bad figs, the Lord said, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, all the people left in Jerusalem and those who live in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on earth. They will be disgraced and mocked, taunted and cursed wherever I scatter them. And I will send war, famine and disease until they have vanished from the land of Israel, which I gave to them and their ancestors. And all people of God said... Amen. Every scripture is God-breathed. Every scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that this is a timeless scripture. It was written centuries ago, but it still holds meaning and it still holds weight and value today. Amen. This is a portion of the time when Judah and Israel were, were ruled by kings, but these kings were not really obedient to God. Do you know the story? Samuel and then uh, the people of Israel, they um, rebelled against Samuel and said, I need a king because everybody else has a king. And, and God said, fine, give him a king. And God made 
Saul, a king, okay? And from Saul, we see that um, we come down to David and then from David to Solomon and then from Solomon, the, the, the kingdom, it divides. And then we have a whole lot of kings who have descended from the throne, alright? And we see that there are these phases. Some kings, they obey God. Some kings, they do not obey God. And whenever God had to proclaim something and whenever God had to tell Israelites about his heart for them, he will send prophets. Jeremiah was one such prophet. And to Jeremiah, this is what God says. God told him, you know what? The people of Israel, especially their kings, the kings whom I have kept over them as guards, as shepherds, have failed me. They do not worship me anymore. Okay, they have hardened their hearts and they have gone after riches and wealth and they don't worship me anymore. They've gone after pagan gods. So here's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to send destruction. But even though our God is a God of justice, he's also a God of grace and favor. How many of you know that? The Old Testament God is not a type of God and the New Testament God is not a... You know, we don't have the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. The same God who has love and who shows mercy and who is gracious unto us is the same God of the Old Testament who is setting a context as to what he is going to bring through the Son of Jesus. Okay? So, the Israelites were told, obey. The kings were told, just give in to the capture that is going to happen to you. The Babylonians, the Chaldeans, um, these uh, Persian rulers, they will come and they will occupy your land. It's okay. Give in. Do not resist. Do not fight. Now use your logic and think. Does that even sound like a plan to you? Here is a God who claims to be loving, who claims to be our shepherd, who claims to be our God, who claims to be our saviour and he is saying, I am bringing destruction, you better obey. Just do not resist. What kind of an obedience is that? It's an illogical obedience. It's an illogical submission. Guys, are you with me or have I lost you somewhere? Are you in Babylon? Good if you are, because now you're following context, okay? God had told the kings through prophets after prophets saying, this is what the future holds for you, but if you stick to the plan, I have plans that are higher than what you think I have for you. If you stick to the plan, I have a way of escape that is supernatural that you do not fathom and you cannot even think about. Okay? And that is where you see Jeremiah 24 because there was a group of people who complied to this order, who complied to this message of God. A group of people who were taken captive and they were exiled out of Judah. And they are called, they are called 
They are called, Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 3. Uh-huh. Come on, you guys just read it. The guys who were in exile were called the good figs. See, that's why I'm said, you lost in Babylon. Now come back to figs. Okay, gets hung up on this fig, fig tree. So, there are good figs and there are bad figs that is given to Jeremiah as a vision. Okay, everybody okay till there? Alright. Now, God is saying the good figs that are the, you know, the figs that, um, okay, the good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah, which means that there are a group of people who followed the instruction, who did not raise their hand against their oppressor, who complied to the order and were taken into exile. But there was a group of people, including the king, who said, oh really, why do you think I was made the king? You think I want to see people making fun of me? Like, I am the king, right? I am the king. If the enemy comes to fight me, I am supposed to have a battle. I am supposed to throw some bombs and I am supposed to fire him. Use your logic, use your brain. And that's what King, Hezekiah, uh, king uh, Zedekiah did. He resisted. If you go back to... Um, I'll just read it from, from the notes that I have. It says, um, Zedekiah did uh, what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar. The same king that God had asked the Israelites to submit to. Not a king of Israel. The Israelites were asked to submit to the enemy. Can I bring it to context? Do you have a ruler over you you're not very proud about? Oh, sorry, political, huh? live stream is going, I might get behind bars for this. No, tell me honestly, are you really happy with the state of affairs in the country? You know what God tells you? Submit. You know what God is telling you? Honor. Okay, forget about politics. Think about your office. Are you really happy with what's going on? Think about your marriage. Oh, sorry, again. That also may put me behind bars. But you look at any, any commandment that's been given to you by God. It's as simple as, do not go there today. Do not wear this today. As simple or as, as um, minute or as not important as the smallest of things. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to obey? Now, you know what? The problem with Christianity is that we make everything into a fairy tale. You know how Cinderella was scrubbing the floors and then the fairy godmother came and she twisted, I mean, she um, cast a spell on and she became a princess. It's a nice story, right? And that is the Christianity that, that we preach to everybody. We say, do you have a problem in life? Do you have, a, have, do you have poverty? Do you have sickness? Do you have headache? Jesus is the answer. One-stop one solution for every problem on earth. Did you not study last night for your exams? Jesus is there. Pray in the morning. And you will write all your exams. He will clear your IAS, IPS, IFS. We've made Christianity a joke. 
we think god is a quick rich scheme we think god is sitting on pots of money and that all that you need to do is please him and he'll throw a few gold coins at you we think that god is some baba that if you go to him and say lord i am going to sin you guys i, I don't know about the the sanctuary that you lived in i have seen um, one of this amitabh bachan movies i don't know if it is amar akbar anthony or this Am- amitabh bachan oh, look at shalom he's so blank amitabh bachan is a real life character who still lives okay he he was uh, a superstar back in the 80s i was born in the 80s so um, amitabh bachan has um, has a what do you call it he has to take revenge because someone killed his father so and he's a christian guy okay that's how they show it so he goes into this um, confession box you know the catholics have a confession box so he goes into the confession box and he is like father i am going to do something today and the father is like my son what is it and i am going to kill someone i'm like like father is not even supposed to reveal what happened in the confession box <laughs> so ha ah, that is the world's idea about christianity i don't know how much we understand christianity but our god <laughs> is not a god of results like that okay our god is a god of principles is that news is that news to you our god is a god of principles when principles are involved he is not looking at the uh, at your immediate result but he is more interested in the process that was a good time to say amen somebody missed it is it is it the sunday days you missed it god is not is not interested in the result he is interested in the process I want to say it one more time so that you take it in okay he is not interested in the result he is interested in the process and you are work in progress you are in the process so if you come to god saying lord can i pass my exam tomorrow he can definitely make you pass the exam but you miss the process of hard work that he thought was a principle that you needed to follow if you thought breaking the sickness over you was a result that you needed from god then you forgot to be persistent and that was the principle that god was looking over you there are there are times when god has failed us and there are times when we get so upset with god why did you take me to that temptation well the whole point of taking you to that temptation was because to show you that no temptation comes from god but it is the result of desires of your heart and that is not pastor rashmi speaking that is scripture scripture tells you temptation does not come from god temptation comes from the desires of your heart you had to know it that's why you went to that temptation now don't blame god now learn to fight the temptation are you guys with me 
So the good figs were the good, were those people who obeyed God and were taken into exile. And the bad figs were those who who thought logic could cover up God's failures, to say so. And King Zedekiah and his officials and everybody was left behind. And God is a little um, not happy about it. Okay, so this is this is the thing about God. Did you know God has favorites? You knew, but the Bible says God has no favorites. No favorites. God, the scripture is very clear. God has no favorites. Okay, but that is in the context of salvation. So there is neither Greek nor Jew, neither slave nor free, nor, ma no, nor male nor female. Everybody is equal in God. That context is the context of salvation. You cannot uh, attain salvation because you are climbing, like uh, Karan likes to say, you know, the climbing up the ladder of good deeds in heaven. No, salvation is for everybody. But if God is a father, and if you have seen your father, or if you have seen um, your parent, or if you are a parent of multiple children, you know that you have a favorite. You know, who is the favorite? Not someone you choose. It's not a, it's not a person you choose. Shalom is so startled. I'm like, he's like, I just had like, I just had this one chance. <laughs> this is the problem I'm sitting in front, okay? I, I'll, I'll just catch all the front benches. <laughs> I thought my parents loved me equally. Uh, <laughs> parents are favorites. It's a secret that only parents are supposed to share with each other. I'm spilling it to you. Be grateful, okay? Now, this favorite will be the child who knows how to win your heart. You love both children equally, but there is this one child who knows how to tug at your heart. Who knows how to move your heart. And you know what? God has favorites when it comes to, he loves everybody equally, but there are some people who tug at God's heart, provoking him to release a blessing, provoking him to show grace, provoking him to show favor. It's all in the principle. It's all in the principle. And so today I want to talk to you about obedience. Obedience that lacks logic. Obedience that is illogical. In fact, uh, this is a theme that has come to me again and again and I've already preached so many, but I don't know why God has to bring me back to this topic of obedience. Obey. Obey God in everything you do, keeping no bars, keeping no conditions. So, Here's why God thinks that Zedekiah is an evil king, okay? It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, I'm, I'm going to quickly read the five verses from uh, verse 11. It says Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king. Zedekiah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God and 
he refused to humble himself point number 1 he refused to humble himself you know when problems come away and i'm talking to certain group of people here not be for everybody so please bear with me god is interested in some people who faced a whole lot of issues and and they can't understand why is it coming hitting me wave after wave why is it coming again and again it is it is not a very comfortable place to be in you thought that you are doing everything right but why are there so many problems why are there so many obstacles why does it feel like i'm hitting myself against a wall it's for those people so those who are not in this category please bear with me but god is interested in these these people this small group of people who he wants to talk to very closely so zedekiah he refused to humble himself even when the prophet jeremiah spoke to him second point he rebelled against king nebuchadnezzar third point he was unfaithful when i am on verse 14 right now it says all the leaders and the priests became more and more unfaithful they followed pagan practices and then verse 15 it says um even when god repeatedly sent his prophets the people mocked these messengers and they scoffed at his promises okay so there are four things that i want to show you that we in our human capacity may be um this may be our natural response when it comes to responding to a problem okay the first is that we refuse to humble ourselves we refuse to believe that a problem can be caused can be not all the time but it can be caused because of a failure from our part i wish i had a salt shaker so i can you know shake it over you and say take it with a pinch of salt <laughs> hard to digest but i am serious certain times certain problems that happen to us we have left an open door for the enemy to walk in and create that trouble for us certain times so the first thing you need to do when you're in trouble is to just humble yourself in the eyes of god refuse to believe that you are right you may be but can you hum because you know humility comes at a cost and the cost may be your self worth it's okay in the eyes of god you will not lose your self worth no matter how far you run it's okay the first thing you need to do is humble yourself because i've heard my father my spiritual father say this the fact that when you go wrong god may forgive you but you may lose the intimacy that he, you and god may have shared so when you fall don't stay there in that muck and refuse to get up when god forgives he's making you get up but now is your job to run after god to pursue god and to say no lord i may have lost something in this small gap that that you know that happened between my sin and my and my redemption so so 
crave everything to go back to the intimacy yeah the second thing you might do is you might rebel against people who come and tell you you know what this problem may be because you did something wrong rebellion is the opposite of obedience rebellion is is the root cause why we you know we are in a church talking about the salvation of god because it all started way back in the heavens when there was a lucifer who was given the job of glorifying god but he ended up glorifying himself so rebellion is something that will start off as a small thought because that's what happened even in the heavens right it just started as a small thought did he do anything did he act upon anything did he just declare himself king no he didn't it just started off as a small thought rebellion unfaithfulness and that's when you decide to leave the church the pastor said pastor called you and said uh, brother what you did was not right oh no he's encroaching my personal space you need to understand that wherever you wherever you are be it in church be it in a family god has ordained a structure over you and their job is to teach scriptures over you to pro- proclaim scriptures over you confess scriptures over you basically bring you to the bible uh, bring you back to the scriptures and bring you back to god because the entire old testament talks about uh, the levites it talks about the priests it talks about fathers it talks about husbands everybody being being told the same thing tie scriptures on your uh, forehead tie p- put them up on your door posts make sure that whoever is under you is not going away from the presence of god so you need to understand that wherever you are wherever you are you are under a divine authority under a line under a structure so do not rebel so do not go far okay so don't harden your hearts don't um exalt yourself don't refuse to humble yourself okay don't rebel don't be unfaithful and the last which is the most important that i want to tell you is do not scoff at the promises of god do not scoff at the promises of god You know there are times when prophets come and lay their hands over you and say God is going to use you and you are sitting there wondering you are the 354th prophet who has come this year and is telling me the same thing can you please like go to the next person have we have we doubted God have we questioned God have we rebelled against god have we been unfaithful towards god because of our problems i can see a lot of people falling asleep i know i am very soothing i'll come home and put you guys to sleep but right now i want you to snap out of that sleep come on everybody clap your hands make some noise snap out of that you know why because 
I know what I am carrying. I know what I'm saying. And if you guys are going to lose it, you're going to lose it for life. And I don't want any of you to miss it. So if you feel like you're sleeping, if you, go, if you feel like you want to go off to sleep, just get up, raise your hands. Nobody's going to condemn you. Nobody's going to judge you. I've done it myself. I've gone and washed my face and I've come back. And I said, I am not going to lose anything that my God is going to put deposit into my heart. So I want you to go back and think, what are the things that King Zedekiah did when he was asked to obey? But he did not obey and God is now refusing him and he is and this is his condition of heart. This is the state of his heart. He rebelled against God. He is unfaithful to God. He refuses to humble himself and now he's come to the place where he's scoffing and he's mocking the promises of God. But can I tell you something? God does not give you a promise he does not give you a commandment without charting out the entire plan all the way till the end ah come on you guys missed it again because you guys are sleeping again god does not speak over you and god does not command you and god does not order you because he's a random god because he just thought he could say something nice. Because he just thought, oh, Jeremiah didn't have anything flowery to say. So let me add something. No! Every word that comes out of his mouth is like arrows. Every word that he says will stand the test of time. You guys are finding it hard to believe it today. But... Can I tell you, 20 years from now, when you look back, you will say, Oh my God. Can you say that? Oh my God. Oh my God. Say it like you say, Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. What was I thinking? Oh my God. Where did this come from? Oh my God. Why did I even doubt you in the first place? Because we are too short-sighted. Come here, Anu, one more time. <laughs> Let me show you what it means to be in a problem. Okay? Now, forgive me to, if I'm saying this, but let's say that this is a problem. Okay? <laughs> She's not. But let's imagine her to be a problem. Okay? And I am facing the problem she is looking blurred. Oh no, her face is so big. I can see only black and some, some traces of brown. Oh my God, this is horrible. Now I can see white also. Oh, this, this looks very scary. I cannot face this. Okay? Now this is you in facing a problem. Okay? But now... God is taking you, he solved the problem and he's taking you away from the problem and you see, oh, such a pretty person. What was I thinking? Oh my God, the situation was so beautiful. It wasn't really a problem. It was supposed to help me. 
it was not just black and brown it was purple and pink and blue and silver uh, you guys could see it because you're not even in the face of the problem but for me it was so hard to believe this was an actual problem but i had to go god had to move me far away to understand that this problem had a reason was taking me through a process and the end result was so beautiful can you say anu is beautiful yeah. thank you anu when you are too close to a problem you don't see where you're going to go after this but when god holds your hand and takes you through the process you appreciate it from the place of victory david as a shepherd boy did not understand what those number of years out in the field alone with the sheep meant but as a king on the throne he won wars and he had victories that none of his giant friends could have because he was interested in worship and that was the process that he was going through Abraham had faith and it did not come one fine day Abraham had faith because God promised that he will have a son and he did not have a son for the next 25 years and that's how he had faith 25 years is not a joke for some people that's just the, for, for some of you you are just 25 you've lived only 25 years it's a lifetime for you Mary her obedience came at the cost of being stoned to death and that's how she was able to move the favor of god and she had protection over her it's a process when you're in the middle of a problem you will never see you will never see you will never see what god is intending to do to you through that problem you just need to go far away it may take time it may take a lot of heartbreaks it may take a lot of tears it may take a lot of time it may take a lot of your efforts it may take a lot of your prayers it may take a lot of knocking on doors but once you are away and once you are in the fulfillment of god's promises you look back and say oh my god that was so good that was so beautiful what how if i missed it i would have been dead by now and i want to tell those of you who are in the midst of problems i am glad you are not in this place where you are rebelling or where you are questioning god or where you are being unfaithful to god you know i have had friends who've given up on god and said i don't believe in this god anymore and who walked out there are there are those who have rebelled against him said um i know you called me for ministry but ministry has no money i'm going to go into a business that's going to give me some money and they've rebelled against god and they've searched for their own ways there are some who refuse to humble themselves and the worst part is god will let you be he will let you be because he is a gentleman he is not forceful 
he is a father he loves you and he loves you like an adult and he gives adults the permission to make decisions and he is the gentleman who will if he is coming into your bedroom he'll knock on your door and then only he'll open he'll not just barge in he is that kind of a god so if you refuse to humble yourself he is not the god who's going to kick your door open and come inside like rajnikanth does he is a gentleman rajnikanth is a gentleman amen i'm saying that god is a gentleman who will not take your decisions for you unless you allow him unless you ask him lord what do i do in this situation can you help me so can we move to matthew chapter 5 and and we all know this particular scripture because i'm sure we've learned it um way back in kids church or sunday school or you know these these may be very basic to you but we're just going to do it one one more time today just to refresh our memory from matthew chapter 5 verse 3 onwards says the beatitudes nlt Can we read it together? God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Can we can we read this louder? Can we make ourselves hear it? God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the earth. the whole earth yes god blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied god blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy god blesses those who ha- whose hearts are pure for they will see god god blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of god God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it, be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. The ancient prophets were Now we've heard this many number of times right and we've always thought about these small categories around the globe the ones who are peacekeeping the ones who are humble and the ones who are um to there on the screen tell me the poor in spirit those who mourn then those who show mercy and the ones who are persecuted and see i have it all here so don't doubt me i i can just read it from you but i come on it's good to just talk back okay so what are the categories again come on the work the ones who are peacemakers the ones who work for peace and pure in heart, pure in heart yes 
Okay, let's go one by one at all of them, okay? And I want you to pause and make note of all that these words they mean, alright? Now starting from verse 3, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who are poor in spirit. Now, technically, what is the definition of poor? They don't have enough. Sorry? Yeah, they don't have a big family. Okay. They lack. Quickly, because I have to do the same thing for nine more topics. They don't have money. Yes. They don't have food. They are so lacking that... So, uh, if you go back to the root word, it will say... The meaning of the or, the or the root word that was used for the word poor was needy, ready to beg. Needy or ready to beg. Okay. Now, before I go through all of this, I want you to notice something about these beatitudes. Okay. These beatitudes were given to the followers of Jesus in a time when persecution was supposed to start. Now, Jesus knows it way in advance, right? He knows that they are going into, they will fall into certain amount of problems in some time, okay? And if you look at the Beatitudes, and if you observe them carefully, you will see it looks like a process. And I'm going to explain to you what this process is about, okay? So, let's talk about the poor. The Poor are the ones who are needy and they are ready to beg because they have nothing left in them. Then it says God blesses the, those who mourn because they will be comforted. And the ones who are mourn are the ones who, you know, they beat their chest and they wail and they, and they are grieving. They are the ones who are mourning, okay. Then it talks about the meek. And the meek, the word means the gentleness of spirit. Okay, righteousness, the, God blesses those who are righteous, for, for they will be satisfied. And for righteousness, it mean, the root word means rightness or justification. To be able to find justice in what that person is going through. Okay, then the meaning for the word merciful. I hope you are all, um, you know, taking notes or just keeping it, just keep it in your mind because we're going to come back to it again for the third time. Okay? Merciful means compassionate. Compassion. Showing compassion. Pure. Purity. Purity comes from, it is not an innate, it is not a, a, an, a, how do you call it? It is not something that you're born with, but it is something that comes after a process, okay? Purity comes after cleansing. So, um, being cleaned or cleansed or purified. Blessed are those who are pure in their heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, because peacemaking means pacifying. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And persecuted means, yes, going after them and, uh, you know, bringing harm their way. Now, tell me something. If you have not gone through being 
rebellious against God, if you have not gone through not humbling yourself before God, if you have not gone through being unfaithful to God, and if you have not gone through scoffing, tell me, does Matthew 5 make any sense to you when you are in the middle of a problem? God blesses those who are poor in spirit. When you are in the when you are in a problem, and when I say problem, it doesn't mean getting caught at the signal for jumping the light. That's not a problem. That's just you being silly. But when you are in the middle of a crisis in life, when the only thing you do is look above at God and say, where will my help come from? You are ready to beg God. I need you. And because, I, because if you remember, we had spoken about God being a God of principles. You can move God through these principles. Can you go back and knock on heaven's door and pursue God and say, I am here to beg you. I need your presence. I need you. I need to see you. I need to see your face. Because the woman who needed healing, the woman who had the issue of bleeding for 12 years, she was ready to beg at the cost of her self-esteem. And that's why she went all the way, dragging herself through crowded streets. And she touched the hem of Jesus' robe. Are you desperate for your breakthrough? Are you ready to beg? Then you are blessed because you realize your need for him and the kingdom of heaven is yours. If you are the one who mourns today, I can't talk about mourning enough. It's a loss. You mourn because you had something and you lost it. Are you someone who's mourning? Can I tell you, before you mourn for the thing that you lost, mourn for the fact that you may have lost sight of God in the whole process of loss. And if you mourn, and if you grieve, and if you wail before God saying, God, I need you, you have moved his heart enough. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be for they will be comforted. Blessed are you if you mourn and if you come back to God and you say, God, I need you today. And you cry out and you don't stop your tears from flowing like how the lady, the sinful lady, she came with her alabaster jar and she broke it at the feet of Jesus and she cried her heart out and she washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And she couldn't stop crying. Because she was so grateful. But she, it also meant that she had, lost, she had lost her old way of living. Her old way of living had made her lose sight of Jesus. So in the process of your loss, have you lost sight of Jesus? Then you need to go back and cry and beg God, Lord, I need you. Because if you mourn, you will be comforted. Blessed, God blesses those who are humble. 
you know the word humble it means meekness all those who are sleeping clap your hands meekness or humility can i read you a small portion from the from the bible that i was using um it it's got concordance so it just it was um giving a description of what the root word of humility or humble uh, the word humble meant okay now please listen to me very carefully it says meekness towards god is the disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us are good what was that word oma oma omema 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 what does it mean good god can a good god bring bad things to you hey you missed one hour of my sermon yes a good god can bring bad things to you because those bad things will put you in a good process and make you good and acceptable in the eyes of god it was a process so don't believe the lie that nothing that 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 you're in a you're in a problem and a good god will not bring problems into your life a good god will allow problems in your life but he is not the one who's creating evil he is a god of justice he is pulling a few strings here and there because he can turn everything around for the good of those who love him even if a bad thing comes to you it is because he allowed it it's the enemy who brings bad things to you but the enemy first had to go and ask permission do you know do you know in the story of job the enemy came in and god was flaunting job to the enemy and the, and the enemy said let me handle him and then you will see what he's going to say but job understood it was not the end result it was the process so it is the disposition in your spirit in your spirit if you believe god is good then everything and anything that happens to you is 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 a process that is good it is good can you look at the hardest thing in your life right now just close your eyes and look at the hardest most impossible thing in your life right now it looks bad it looks impossible it looks that it looks like you cannot overcome it it looks threatening it looks menacing it looks disgusting what good can come out of this but now picture god standing next to you holding your hand now you have the guts and you have the courage to look at it in the eye and say hey good only good can come out of this so meekness is the disposition of the heart in which we accept that he is good that god is good in the old testament those who are wholly relying on god rather than their own strength to defend against injustice 
it meant knowing god is permitting the injuries that he is inflicting that were inflicted so basically in the old testament god was a good god even when you were in the hands of the enemy when you were being walked down the street as a slave stripped off of every clothing that you had being whipped or with with injuries on your back and even then the old testament people they said omema because they knew god is good that is the old testament meekness that we are talking about gentleness or meekness is the opposite of self assertiveness the gentle person is not occupied with self this is the work of the holy spirit not of the human will so if you have to come to a place where you have to say my god is good you know i had the opportunity to go meet sister sasha and um she's gone through something very painful okay everybody around her is panicking and the first day of the operation when she got admitted and she had to be operated upon and she came out in pain you know the first thing that she said she said god is good it needs extreme gentleness in your spirit to have half your body burnt to then undergo a painful procedure to come out of it knowing that you could have died in the process and come out and say no my god is good and i know she is watching me today but i know there is one more person i feel it in my spirit there is one more person who's been affected on the body like job was affected on the body i don't know if you're here or if you're watching me online but you have a real day real time example of someone who's got who's got injuries on the skin and i'm talking to that person if you're listening to me i pray and i hope that that god will intervene into the hardness or the bitterness of heart that you may be experiencing but you have someone like sister sasha who came out of 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 a near death experience she came out of pain she came out of trouble she came out and said in the midst of all of it she said my god is good and i would encourage you brother or sister who's watching me you need to go home and do the same if you are being bothered by uh, 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 some some skin ailment that 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 is covering you if you feel like like job like 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 job felt when he had skin um you know breakouts all over your skin and i'm not talking about pimples i'm talking about something serious if you are the person and and there have been people who have come and said why don't you just give up on god god knows you god knows your problem and god knows your name and i want you i want to declare this over you that your god is a good god and he is interested in the process i don't know if you are interested in the process i'm just going to stop in another 5 minutes but i want you to take 5 minutes to just take a minute to just thank god for 
things that have happened and not happened in your life and say, I need that kind of a faith, Lord. I need that kind of a gentleness in my spirit, Lord. I may fail to do it my way, but I pray that you would take over. I need meekness and gentleness in my spirit. I may be behind bars. I may be given up by my own parents. I may be living off the streets. I may be struck by, an, by, by a disease. I will find my way out of it, definitely. But in the process, my eyes will be fixed on you, Lord. And I will never doubt you. And I will never rebel against you, Lord. And I will never scoff you, Lord. Because you are the one who holds me closer than my skin. You are the one who holds me closer than my skin. You are in the air that I am breathing, Lord. Oh, you've never given me up. Oh. Your hand has always been on me. Your eyes have always followed me. So return back to your first love. Return back to your first love. Some of you may not even know what it means to have a first love. But you, God knew you when you were being knit in your mother's womb. And your first love and your first response started in the womb. You did not know, but you were kicking and alive in your mother's womb. That was the time God was closest to you. If there's anything that has, that has rent you away from Him, don't forget it's just a process. Do not lose sight of your father who holds your hand and walks you down. You may stumble, you may fall. It's okay. It may be painful. God is there to pacify you. Speak, breathe, Lord, breathe, Lord, breathe, Lord, breathe into these hearts, Lord, breathe into these hearts, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, oh, oh, Yeshu.
fairness God blesses the merciful can you be compassionate can you not harden your hearts in the midst of a problem because when you are merciful you will be shown mercy God blesses those whose hearts are pure purity is not something that you are born with purity is a process like silver is refined in the fire like gold is refined in the fire your heart will be refined in the fire do not fear the fire do not fear the fire like how Daniel's friends were standing in the fire a fourth person walked in into the fire and they could not they were not burnt even when the furnace was seven times hotter they were not burnt because the angel of the Lord because God is with you you may be walking in the fire but you will never be burnt you will never be destroyed you will never be consumed you will come out pure purified cleansed it's a process let it be blessed are the peacemakers for the kingdom of heaven is theirs peacemakers be do everything and be against all odds to fight for peace 
let there be nothing that takes the peace of god away from you when you're in the middle of a problem because the minute you start doubting the minute you start questioning the minute you start stumbling in your obedience you may be stepping out of your process so blessed are the peacemakers for they for the kingdom of heaven is theirs god blesses you when you are persecuted for doing right you know what being a christian does not mean that you will not be in the middle of a problem being a christian means you are in the middle of a problem but that problem will be turned into a process and i can i uh, right now i'm getting this vision and i and i declare this to you that some of you will develop these armors over you when god when when you are preparing for a war there there when you go without any protection you come back injured but this process that you are going through you will go in with an armor over you like like how these uh, these um uh, armadillos and pangolins have a very hard layer over them like that i i i see this as a vision for those of you who are ready to say yes to the process say you are you are ready to say yes to the fire and that fire is not going to burn you but purify you but you are developing that that resistance and you are developing and 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 um, uh, 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 an armor over you the fire may be around you but it will not consume you and so i speak to your heart right now lord i pray for those who are here with their tears lord i thank you because you bottle them up and you store them up in heavens lord but you have seen their tears father god and and i thank you because you have promised to be close to them lord And I thank you for the condition of their heart because that's not hard. I thank you for the for the presence that you are gifting them with because they've not run away. I thank you because they still call upon your name. So I pray that you will bless them, Lord. I pray that you will bless them, Father God. I pray that you would bless them with your countenance, Father. Oh, some of you don't like that blessing, but can I tell you that is the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and cause his face to shine on you. The priests when they had to bless the people, they would not bless them with material things, but they would bless them with the presence of God. Oh Lord bless me and keep me cause your face to shine on me god be gracious in the light of your countenance and give me peace oh, and i live only to see your face to shine on me and i live only 
to see your face so shine on me can we make it a cry so i live only to see your face so shine on me and i live only to see your face so shine on me can you make this your prayer when you go back do not go back carrying the burdens that you came with today in this house go back lightened go back free in your spirit go back ready to beg god i'm giving you this time beg god for his presence make sure that your your cry will be for yeshua your cry will be for the face of jesus your cry will be for his closeness for his nearness for his intimacy that you will not go back burdened you would go back with the grace and the comfort of god oh, can we rise up oh god bless me and keep me cause your face to shine on me lord be gracious in the light of your countenance give me peace can we say for i live for i live
believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a saturday night service at 7 pm or a sunday morning service at 11 am for more information please visit our website dreamingrevival.com